just was already sick of all my customers. I was like sick of this business. I was so ready to throw in the towel on it. I literally told Kagan, I was like, Kagan, I can't do this. I need a real job. You're listening to Pop Apologists. I'm your co-host, Lauren Bledsoe, and today we discuss how Megan is handling the turmoil that is Utah's recurring earthquake situation, Chandler's quarantine quest to find herself, the dramatic highs and lows of Lauren's home bakery business, which celebrities are selling $28 hand sanitizer to profit from the coronavirus pandemic, and this week's episodes of Vanderpump Rules, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, New York, and an impassioned PSA for Lauren to not miss the boat on the best show on television, 90 Day Fiance. Buckle in, baby. Well, 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 welcome back, everybody. Episode three of the gang getting back together. We're here. We've got Lauren, myself, and Megan. Guys, how's the week been? How are we feeling? I am rattled, and I'll tell you why. Utah had itself a little earthquake a month ago. One month ago. We had a 5.7, which is, like, significant. We had, like, a week or two off, and so I thought that life was finally back to normal. And then we had two aftershocks this week that were over a (sighs) 4.0. So I don't even, I don't feel like it's even an aftershock at this point. I don't understand it. They're like, hey, so these are actually just more earthquakes. We were wrong to call them aftershocks. Yeah. Like when, and like my friend Katie looked it up and she like found a website and it said that aftershocks can last for days, weeks, or even years. Oh my gosh. Years. Like this is the, Katie, she was like, this is the laziest piece of science I've ever seen. Like, I mean, it's shocking. If that's the state of the scientific community, I don't believe in evolution. I'll just go ahead and say it. There was one gentleman that I watched on the news the day of the earthquakes. He had a very soft jaw and an odd facial hair structure. And he was just sitting there and he was like so excited that there was an earthquake. And then they were like, what does this mean? He's like, "Not. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And they're like, when's the next one? He's like, hard to say. And I'm like, (laughs) what is your jaw? (laughs) Hard to say. Like, what? What do you do? Who is paying you? And like, what benefit are you providing? I just don't, I don't understand it. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I dated a geologist and this was probably one of the most boring experiences of my life (laughs) was having to, you know, be regaled with tales of, you know, what makes mountains and how rivers form whenever we would go anywhere. But he told me about how Utah, and especially the Wasatch Front, is due for this cataclysmic earthquake, and that this earthquake is going to basically like dismantle civilization along the Wasatch Front. That's how he described it. It Lauren, was a thank you so much. This is really soothing, comforting information. <laughs> dismantled well, civilization. Just yeah, think about that. So he says, consider it dismantled. <laughs> he said that this earthquake was due, and it's way overdue, and they happen one once every three hundred years, and so. That led me into like a bit of a panic because, you know, once every 300 years, that's once every four or five lifetimes. Again, not great at math, but you know, (laughs) I was very, very scared. And when I was living in Utah, I lived in this 
this brick apartment that basically would have just completely crumbled. It was built in the early 1900s. And so I was just completely petrified. I remember I called Courtney and I said, can I move in with you? My sister, Courtney, I said, can I move in with you? I can't be in this apartment anymore. Someone, fun, fun fact, someone was coming to buy the apartment and buy the whole building. And um, it was the small Persian man. And he was, you know, just going to be my new landlord. And I, he was just coming to look at the building. And I just, and I said, hey, I just have to pull you aside and let you know that that actually this entire region is due for a cataclysmic <laughs> earthquake that will level this new investment that you're thinking about. And he just kind of looked at me and I was like, I would highly recommend not buying this building. <laughs> he probably won't even be here in a couple of years. I'm trying to get out right now. And so he ended up not taking my advice, buying the apartment. I ended up doing more and more research and lo and behold, this earthquake happens once every 300,000 years, <laughs> not once every 300 years. So is the earth even alive for 300,000 years? Yes, definitely. Oh. I have no idea. It sounds like there were, those were just the musings of like a schizophrenic 20-year-old. <laughs> I mean, I think my boyfriend just misspoke or I misheard, and that was really the cause of the issues. But again, I, this is all to say, I understand earthquake anxiety. I feel for you, Megan, and I'm really sorry you're going through this. Thank Chandler, you. how was your week? So I've started to reframe this entire experience for myself uh, to a quarantine quest to find myself. So the question this week that has plagued me is how how do we feel about clear nail polish? Is this someone I can become? Like, you know, am I truly comfortable being this natural? I'm going to say that my nails are a disaster and I just decided that I'm going to become a person who does clear nail polish because that is just bare minimum. I'm just trying to, you know, do whatever I can to look polished while I'm in sweatpants all day. Polished, yes. Literally like polished. Like clear as opposed to like a color. Because I'm over all the colors that I have. And I think because my nails, I've cut them all because of Corona. They look really <laughs> trashy when they're like painted and short. So I just rather like totally remove myself from like the narrative of having cute nails. And I just want to have nice nails. Have okay. Tyler Swift of you. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, I'm on day three of clear nail polish. I don't feel great. I might Maybe I will be destined to be a clear nail polish brunette. I'm not sure. What a journey. I okay, know. so your your journey to find yourself in the quarantine has really just culminated in a discussion on clear nail polish. Yes, what I'm what I'm comfortable living with. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Are there any other things that you're willing to give up? Like Megan gave up hair extensions, eyelash extensions. She's been sacrificing a lot. Everything really. Yeah. I would say that the clear the nail polish is just a sign of my dignity at large fully given up. <laughs> so it's more of a symbol. You know what? It's the, a symbol, sure. The irony of it all is I went into this thinking it was going to like I was going to be gorgeous. Like I was just going to spend my days in a face mask and like a conditioning treatment. I was like I am going to emerge stunning. I had really high expectations. It reminds me of I used to really want to start a spa where you could check in and be put under a medically induced coma for like a month or like a week where you Whatever. could get because I got like a chemical peel one time and it was brutal to live with for a week. And so I was like, all I want to do is get a chemical peel, be in a little coma, take a nice week long nap. I'll emerge. Like maybe I could lose a little weight. I could like, I want them to just do all, I was going to call it the chrysalis salon because you would just go into it, a caterpillar and emerge a butterfly. And I really thought that that's what was going to happen. But instead what has happened is we're in clear nail polish. We all have roots. We're all gaining weight. Or like, it's not bringing out a cute side of anyone. It's the exact opposite of Wait, what I thought it would be. Megan, are you 
literally on the frontier of a billion dollar idea because it's really good, right? It's really good. Like I can think of so many things like drug addicts, so -hmm. many people who could really use just a month of not being aware. I know. I mean, also this is how Michael Jackson died. So it's maybe not awesome. Hmm. You know, I've also never expensive. You have to be like carefully monitored for sure. I've never been under anesthesia. I hear it's not great, but I'm willing to try it. And I just feel like I would be in like a hospital bed rested with like, you know, one of those gel mask things on my hands, a conditioning treatment in Mm -hmm. my hair. Mm -hmm. Somebody comes in every day to like, you know, check me for bed sores and reapply a retinol treatment. Mm -hmm. Like, I just think it could be stunning. And that's what I thought this was going to be. I did not realize that it would result in like, overgrown eyebrows. Well, it's also just, it's hard to be motivated, I think, to do like a lot of self-improvement regimens when there's no one new to see you tomorrow. Where are the results going to go? Your living room? That's it. I'm only using cheap shampoo. I'm not, I'm not putting any extra effort into anything that I'm doing because there's no point. When Um, you say cheap shampoo, can you elaborate? Like, oh, I'm talking cheap. I'm not talking like the VO5 cheap, but I'm talking L'Oreal, like Alive, Alive or something. It's $5. It's $5.99. <laughs> it's really economical and I've been loving it. What I want to say though, is that as someone who has been under anesthesia, not full anesthesia, but like a twilight for when I got my nose job, cat's out of the bag, y'all. <laughs> it is delightful. I was really? able to move in and out of my rhinoplasty mentally. Seamlessly? So I, seamlessly, truly. I could transcend the surgery center and I went to the mall. I came back, continued getting my nose job. I went all these places in my mind and it was wonderful. And I emerged, you know, really looking new, but also feeling brand new. (laughs) Yeah. I think the possibilities are endless, right? Like perhaps while you're under, they play like a gentle therapy meditation tape so that you could really get your mind right. You could maybe get a little like orthodontia done if you needed to, like just really anything. Let's Mm -hmm. get our our deck for Shark Tank, like ready to go. (laughs) Hello, sharks. I got an idea for you. Okay. Well, speaking of of sharks, let's talk about celebrities. Wait, can we go? Well, over wait, my Lauren week? hasn't updated. Yeah, oh, sorry, I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot let's about go you. Straight to celebrities. <gasps> she um, meant you. Let's go straight to the celebrities. Yeah, the, exactly. The curator of our Instagram feed, mm-hmm. which, by the way, has grown exponentially. Lauren, thank exponentially. you. Lauren, in both content and followers. She's putting in the work for our content and it's incredible. Yeah. Doesn't go unnoticed. I am. Well, okay. So I'm loving creating memes. That has become my new, you know, obviously my new profession in this time of not having a profession. And I'm just loving it. Like I'm loving, I'm loving making memes. So that's been fun. But I would just say, I would call right now what I'm going through a joblessness journey, right? Sure. So to catch people up who are maybe tuning in for the first time, I lost my job due to coronavirus. My company laid off 100 employees of our 130 workforce. So it was a pretty deep cut and virtually everyone I know was let go. So it was pretty wild. But as you all know, I've had many business ideas, many small <laughs> business ideas. So the first idea that came to me was a, a bakery out of my home. I have been Pause. loving bakery. Really yeah. quick, this is, this is an idea that came to you days after you had to press Megan about the ingredients in a Rice Krispie treat, which is like to know Correct. That. Correct. Yeah. Well, one of the things about my personality is that I tend to go all in 
on ideas I have, no matter how unproven, how (laughs) ill thought through, just completely untested. So I remember thinking how, cause okay, I was loving just like spending time alone in the kitchen, listening to some music and baking. That was a little bit of my therapy during this time. And so I was thinking, what if I could just sell what I make, make people smile, give them a delicious treat, that's how I make money. What a clean, honest way to be alive in the world. And Clean and honest. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I bought some boxes on Amazon and some ribbon, and I got the Instagram handle Fresh Homemade Cookies. Hold on. And- you went that deep? You yeah. bought the supplies? You I didn't tell supplies. me about the Instagram handle. <laughs> yeah. No, I was fully like planning fresh, this business fresh in my new life cookies. as a baker. Wait, I- what? Hold on. Plug it one more time. Can we do a cross promotion with it? It's fresh homemade cookies. It's homemade out of your out of my home. <laughs> Drive home the point. Yeah, and free delivery, four fifty a cookie. What's the delivery area? Like just your complex or something? Or yeah, a radius. I would say delivery within Southern Orange County. So probably the, mm. a fifteen mile radius, which is pretty far. That's generous. It is yeah, generous it is. indeed. Also, do you have a car? Because at one point, didn't you get rid of a car to only use Uber? I feel like that would have been a rough situation now. So this is an example of a time where I have thought of an idea and completely just (laughs) grabbed onto it. Yeah, I did at one point sell my car with the thought that I would just start Ubering everywhere. This was a real thing. It did happen. I I do remember that week that had that happened. It was like a Saturday that you came to this conclusion that you could, our town, our hometown where Lauren lives, you could Uber at a discounted rate. They have a partnership with the city. So Lauren decided, I'm going to sell my car. You can you anywhere sold? for two hours in yeah. town. I figured you, you, could I, what? you can Uber anywhere in San Clemente. Within San Clemente, you Lift. can Uber anywhere for $2 or yeah. left. Huh? I remember there was a Q&A on your Instagram stories. <laughs> yes. You did it like a Q&A for the public at large. Yeah. So about like why you were making this choice. <laughs> exactly. I got a lot was, of questions. <laughs> I, was, I was live with you during this entire process. You told me about the idea on Saturday. You had turned over, you had sold your lease by Wednesday. And then Thursday morning, you texted me and said, I feel like I'm getting into a lot of strangers' cars. <laughs> it took, took me a full 72 hours to realize that living without a car was really not going to work. <laughs> Even if it was economically more feasible, it just really was scary being in like six different men's cars throughout oh, the yeah. day. Yeah. That, that was a danger I just hadn't fully appreciated. Mm-hmm. So and anyway. It's one I of my did... favorite things about you. Thank it you. It is great. It is great. Just a full commitment. You have, you have a drive and a passion for new ideas and, and you fully commit yourself to them. And I don't have half that energy or passion for anything. So <laughs> I dive head first. For tuna fish and, and my co- light. I dive headfirst and my cookie business was no exception. I literally called Chandler because Chandler, unfortunately, is like the poor soul who has to listen to every new idea with (laughs) feigned enthusiasm and pretending this isn't the first time or the millionth time, I mean, that I've had some idea that I'm so passionate about. It is 100% going to work. It was like 9.15 when you called me and you're like, hey, I've got an idea. I want to run by you. (laughs) (laughs) I think I literally said, I don't think I need another job. Like, I think that I can make this work. What if I just completely, yes. Anyway, so I was fully planning on this. I go to actually execute on the business idea. And my first batch, I got an order, okay, from my mother, who I told told about my business idea. She said, I'll be your first customer. I said, great. 
uh, it'll be $18 for a box, four cookies in a box. So I go to make her her cookies and it was honestly like pretty stressful. The big part of my value proposition was the cookies would be warm. So oh. it was stressful to have to time how when I would get to her house, when the cookies would be just done enough to where just done enough to where they would get be warm when they got there, but they wouldn't be too gooey. And then also I bought a box with a clear container so you could see the cookies, which I thought was a great idea. But then the box was it was too big. So the four cookies were like uh, sloshing about, sloshing around, getting the box greasy. I wasted three boxes just trying <laughs> not to get the box greasy as I was loading the cookies into it. It just ended up being like the most stressful experience. And then as the rubber hit the road for me in this idea, <laughs> I I got kind of practical. And so I said, okay, if to replace my past income, how many cookies would I need to sell per month? And it it broke out to uh, 1,500 cookies. <laughs> so I don't think that that was realistic. Uh, I was going to say, if you felt like cookies were replacing your former job, you were either wildly underpaid or your cookies were wildly overpriced. Yeah. Or I was just like okay. wildly stupid about the whole thing. Uncalculated. Yeah. It was just wow. an uncalculated. I just really hope, naive. I really hope the sharks are not listening right now to uh, this, this is, venture. Yeah, don't let, please don't let this flavor your opinion of the chrysalis spa because I feel like these ideas are separate. Okay, well, Although, thanks for thanks for distancing yourself from my brand. <laughs> really appreciate that. I just want one note for the cookie business. I think you should explore the handle warm, fresh, homemade cookies. I think that could just like turn you to like, you know, one degree more like different from everybody else. Yeah. So just explore yeah, the, that. The Is that Instagram handle still live? Or are you still posting? I on still it? have fresh homemade cookies. I mean, no, I just I just <laughs> got the Instagram handle. I didn't. I didn't post to it, but then I realized like not only would I have to bake and deliver 1500 cookies and package them, I would also have to market this business to actually get the business to, you know, I have to take the orders. I'd have to talk to the customers. Like this would become a nightmare, like becoming like a baking, what's, what's the word? Not empress. Baker. <laughs> becoming like a baking tycoon in, in, out of my home. <laughs> Was that, really going to be not Empress Tycoon. tycoon. <laughs> was was going to be what is the word? Uh, a, not a czar. What is it? It's a. Uh... <laughs> Lauren, that would mean that you would have to bake fifty cookies every single day, seven days a week, thirty days in a month, and also have and also apart from and that, in February you're screwed. <laughs> be taking total wash. <laughs> Taking all the orders, responding to all the Instagram messages and the stupid questions people have. Like, I just was already sick of all my customers. I was like sick of this business. I was like, so ready to throw in the towel on it. I literally t- told Kagan, I was like, Kagan, I can't do this. I need a real job. Like, I actually think I need to get a real job. I don't know why Kagan is like still my boyfriend, given how annoying I am, because he he manages to not to not laugh at me or like not treat me like I'm absurd he was like yeah maybe that is a great idea like maybe you should get a, get a real job when I told him about my bakery he was like I think that'd be great you love baking like he's always supportive no matter how naive or stupid I am so no. anyway my baking business is closed for good before it even <laughs> opened All right, I will no longer be baking out of my, no longer be baking out of my house she's no so, longer a tycoon no longer a tycoon and so I've 
consigned myself to or resigned myself to the reality that I do have to get another job, which is dark. And I've been thinking about all of the things I'm looking forward to in a new job and all of the things I'm not looking forward to in the job. Mm-hmm. And it's really the list is short. I think that I'm looking forward to going to a cute place every day. Um, I'm looking forward to being able to wear cute outfits and have people to show them to. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to cute conversations, like in cute environments with people. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to being in like a mid-century-esque. Uh, this is assuming I get some really posh, like cute job, which is, you know. Really, a lot of cute. A lot of cute happening. Just naively optimistic once again. But anyway, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to... I'm looking forward to being able to order like an $18 cocktail without a second thought. Like I'm looking sure. forward to being able to pay through the nose or elderflower bitters and not even not even have a second thought about it. So I'm looking forward to all those things. Things I'm not looking forward to about having another job, assuming I can get one, is like having to do anything, having a boss, <laughs> having deliverables. I would love $100,000 and no responsibilities. Like that is the job I'm looking for. It's not the job I'm finding on ZipRecruiter. I think they're handing those out. I think, yeah. <laughs> if anyone is not a huge market for those. So I like, like there's not a lot of demand for it. So Nobody I think you'll be able that. to just swap. Yeah. Nobody's really looking for that right now. I mean, I no one must be looking for that because I, I cannot find those jobs anywhere. <laughs> wow. It is. It is dark. And the other thing I'm really not looking forward to, uh, and this is more of a real thing, is I'm not looking forward to being afraid of getting fired again. Because I'm one of those these people that even when I'm getting raises every, you know, every couple quarters and I'm getting performance reviews that are really good and everything's positive, I'm still always paranoid I'm about to get fired. No matter what, I'm just a paranoid person. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, I actually love being fired because I don't want to go back to being afraid of getting fired. <laughs> Part is a great life in a lot of ways. Uh, so anyway, yes, I'm resigned to getting another job, um, throwing myself back on the gears of industry. And that was right. my week. So I'm probably going to start start applying in a month or so. Speaking of industry and profits. Yeah. You mentioned something earlier to me this week, earlier this week about certain celebrities profiting off of Miss Rona. Okay, so here is the tea on Terry and Heather Dubrow. For our listeners who don't watch Real Housewives, Heather is a was a Real Housewife on the Real Housewives of Orange County, and they've since yes. built their own empire. They are skincare tycoons. Well, and her husband's a, her husband's a plastic surgeon. Yes, you could also see him on Botched. He's the star of Botched. Yeah, yeah, co-star. Yeah, co-star Botched. He has a highly successful plastic surgery firm. They have um lines for uh consult their line is called consult beauty and it's with e shop or something i don't really know i don't know the name it's something like uh qvc yeah the they, they always have to fly to the midwest to like do qvc stuff right yeah. exactly so anyway the story goes they have been selling hand sanitizer six ounce hand sanitizer sanitizer bottles for $28.95. And Terry is saying in the like infomercials about it, these hand sanitizers are incredible. They're nothing like what's on the market, trying to justify the price. He's saying like, this is exactly what we used before going into the operating room. It's like, oh yeah, you use rubbing alcohol too? Like, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, this wow. pre-surgery technology. What's super interesting about this is that they've sold 80,000 units of this hand sanitizer in the past two weeks. 
Where? Which, on oh, their, on Shopify. Whatever that thing oh, is. For real. It's Evine. Yeah, it's Evine. They've sold 80,000 units. This translates to $2.3 million in sales. So they probably get wow. at least 50% of that. What's super interesting about this is that when all this started hitting the fan, Heather started posting on her stories on Instagram, basically saying that we need to donate money to help people and we need to donate money to food banks and how they had bought a truck um, of food for this food bank. And that was $35,000. And when I first saw the story, I didn't know about the hand sanitizer drama. So I thought, wow, 35,000 is a lot. That's really great. Like that they're doing things for the community. Really, when you've profited in the past two weeks, at least over a million dollars, 35K, it's like so disgusting to me. Did they sell that hand sanitizer before this? Or is this like a new product that they developed like due to the coronavirus demand. No, I think they sold it before and I couldn't find any information on if it was if they had raised the price or not. But Okay. I know that you had done some research on Kylie Jenner and she just donated hand sanitizer. Yeah, Kylie never made it before. So like this is something that they just cuz it is like a relatively easy. We've heard of like a lot of different companies that have been able to like start producing mm-hmm. hand sanitizer mm-hmm. just cuz it's not a super complicated product. Mm-mm. And so Kylie Cosmetics started making hand sanitizer, but they're not selling any of it. They're like making it in mass to donate to like Los Angeles area hospitals and stuff. Well, hand sanitizer is just aloe gel and rubbing alcohol. That's it. Yeah. So. And maybe you can start making some of your own. Maybe this is your new job. Homemade hand sanitizer. Warm, fresh, (laughs) homemade hand sanitizer. Now all of a sudden the $28 price tag, I'm like, sounds pretty good to me. (laughs) You're like, that seems reasonable. Like, what's, the yeah. math? what's the math on that? $28. <laughs> yeah, how many do I need more sell? than a box of cookies? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys, you guys are so smart. It's all about margins these days. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. is. That's so yeah, it's funny. interesting. It's interesting to find out. I was actually talking with a friend this past weekend about like when all the dust settles from this, it will be very interesting to like see the numbers of like individuals and people who like like profited off of this because that's always a thing like Mm -hmm. yeah people that like like saw a need and like jumped in to start helping do stuff and people who saw the need and were like oh what a great business opportunity and jumped in right and that'll be very interesting there's definitely a spectrum I would say like if you saw I don't know a stock price go down a lot and bought some stock at a good price that's one thing to personally profit from this environment but it's another thing to be basically capitalizing on like you know, price gouging, critical supplies. Yeah. Yeah. I have really loved, I think a lot of celebrities are kind of panicking right now because the thing, especially social media wise, like the thing that they all did before is falling so incredibly tone deaf. Mm -hmm. Like there were so many things from celebrities that were like talking about their stay at home. Like, Hey, we're staying at home. You should too. And people were like, you live in a 20,000 square foot home with like seven pools and a backyard. Like, all of the stuff that celebrities used to do before is like kind of an influencer thing about like, like bragging about stuff that they had or their cars or their homes or whatever, which like most of us consumed very happily. Like mm-hmm. I would love to see your architectural digest walk through or your like, it's falling so tone deaf now that it's been really funny to see how many people have kind of just shut down. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, no, one, like no one wants to hear or see this right now. Well, have yeah. you seen, have you seen Kendall talking to Justin Bieber? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, 
I just thought the money it was it was so like he he was basically saying we're lucky in, in this position which the thought is correct but there just wasn't the real perspective because what he should have said was we're absurdly lucky we have way more like exponentially more than so many people it just makes you think that this whole environment is so unfair and it makes you really reconsider like what part you're playing in this system like he should have just been way more introspective about it he's stupid it just came across as so toned up well didn't he say like well we shouldn't have feel bad about it like we shouldn't feel guilty oh yeah you're right It's like, actually, people mm. who have that many resources right now, whether people in the Philippines and in India who cannot shelter in place, like, you should feel a little guilty. You should, like, look within yourself and just consider the amount of resources you're taking up as one person compared to how many resources so many people don't have. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of resources, um, stimulus checks, folks, I know I got mine. How'd you spend it? What's the first thing you bought with your stimulus check? First thing I bought, I bought some pretzels from Amazon. These pretzels are not just, they're not any old pretzels. These are a Midwestern delicacy. Taylor, your general diet and habits are not unlike an elementary school person packing a lunch. It's like a... I am having a, a return to childhood foods. Oh, congratulations. Did you actually get the check that was signed that had his name on it? Or did it just get direct deposit? Trump came to my door with a big <laughs> check. He knocked, or Secret Service knocked, and then he stood out there and I, I gave him a kiss on the mouth. After. And there was balloons and confetti. Oh, mm-hmm. It's incredible. That's wonderful. Megan, like did a you publisher's do any clearinghouse? No, um, I don't want to sound tone deaf, but I don't get a stimulus check. Oh, good for you. Yeah, that's hot. Well, I did get a stimulus check. I don't mean to brag, it wasn't the full amount. And <laughs> it wasn't the full 1200 although it should have been since now my income is nothing. But anyway, I went to Target straight away and did a full cabinet refresh. And so I'm loving my new dining plates, my new stemware, my new silverware. I bought some chargers. Have you ever heard of a charger? It goes yeah. underneath a plate. For When yeah. I was looking online, I was like, it, does it charge your phone? I literally, it took what? me a full couple minutes to get my brain wrapped around this term. Anyway, I bought some things to dine with a little bit more pizzazz and panache. So do you have like a formal dining setup? A charger is really a commitment. I do not. I actually, we all we have is a bar. What does the charger look like? I'm very fascinated by this. It's woven. It's a woven charger. Well, that's great. So now do you leave like do you leave place settings out like you're a model home that stays? So it's like, oh no, we just always have dinner for two ready, like full setup. I considered it and I actually Googled, do you leave place settings out? Because they yeah. are so beautiful, but it just seems like an old person thing to do. It is pretty old. And I don't want my plates and my chargers for that matter to get dusty. So no, they're still. I have a friend that married a guy 17 years her senior. Okay. And I went over to their house the first time to like meet and chat and whatever. And it was a house that he already owned. Like she moved into his home. Okay. And it was like a lovely home. It had been decorated like really well. It was very nice. But there was a giant dining room table and there was a full place setting at every single thing. And I stopped, like it threw me off more than anything where I was like, is this a thing that people do? Like my grandmother does because she's like very proud of like her china and stuff like that and like likes to switch it up. But I did not know that that was something that 
people our age did. And I guess I'm relieved to hear that it is not because I never have. Yeah, it is not. I think it might be somewhat of a Southern thing to do or yeah, but no, I am not doing that no matter how delightful my dining scape could be. Yeah. Tablescape. Tablescape. Like you're a below deck person. just like a (laughs) setting the table and like sprinkling some of those decorative pebbles around. Wow. I love the word tablescapes. I love to use that in all this, like the scripts that I write. And just on a beautiful tablescape. It just, it's a nod to knowing what you're talking about. Alas. Should we get into... (laughs) Alas, indeed. Alas. (laughs) Sorry. I was really thrilled by that. I really was. I just kind of have a lot to say about some of our shows. Yeah, let's get into it. Television kicked off this week. Television did. We were really down on TV last week because there's some real garbage out there, but it it's picked up. Can we just agree to... We can let's just get Vanderpump out of the way. Here's what I'm going to say about it. I can't get past Tom yelling at Katie uh, a couple episodes ago. So this episode, I don't believe in their love. I hardly believe in this show. I don't know if I'm going to continue watching it. I kind of became grossed out with the whole like, so Lisa Vanderpump like snuck a bra into one of the guys. Like, for those of you who don't watch, little quick tidbit, there was like a wasn't a vow renewal. It was these two characters, Tom and Katie, got married a couple of years ago. Turns out they never turned in their paperwork, so they weren't actually married this whole time. So they went to Vegas to have like a secondary wedding. Lisa Vanderpump, the grand dame of the show that mm-hmm. kind of started this, that's all of their bosses and is a solid 40 years older than them, like snuck her bra into the groom's suitcase as like a fun little cheeky thing. And I just kind of thought like, A, gross. B, like, I don't really appreciate this narrative of her, like, popping into the show so everyone can say how, like, sexually attracted they are to her. It feels very desperate and kind of creepy. And also, I'm very about gender equality. And if the roles were reversed, that would be so wildly inappropriate. Yeah. For, like, a male boss to be, like, sneaking his underwear in one of his late, like, Mm -hmm. it's so gross and tone deaf. It's just inappropriate in general. Yeah. I don't want to get on to... Beverly Hills yet because I know that's a whole other topic but I will just say I just don't miss Lisa Vanderpump I don't I don't either find her storylines interesting anymore Mm -hmm. it's just all the same shtick it's all the same jokes I don't enjoy watching her anymore on tv there's nothing new there's no new content there's nothing interesting anymore so completely agree okay let's move on then let's should we move to Beverly Hills I think we're one more episode from like not even talking about Vanderpump rules right maybe we give it one more I think one more. We'll see. I will say, I do want to do, and this will be 60 seconds or less, a quick plug for 90 Day Fiance, if anyone is watching. Are you watching, Megan? Yeah, of course. Are you watching before the 90 Days, Yes, before the 90 Days. I would say that this show, it's so good. Even Kagan, who can't stand any reality shows, is thinks it's so good we had to buy it on itunes we didn't have to watch commercials like he's so obsessed with it he it's so good to him he texted all of his guy friends and told them to watch this season which is for a guy that's like the most embarrassing that you can do that's insane it's so good before the 90 days this current season season four is phenomenal and i was making an analysis why is this so good and this is why this show is so good season after season It's not like The Bachelor, where the barrier of entry is being an attractive young person who wants who wants an Instagram following. Like for The Bachelor, you can't really tell if those people are there for the right reasons. And what made it good was when they were there to find love and were truly emotionally invested. And the show has gone so downhill because now it's so obviously just a ploy to 
be famous, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's mm-hmm. getting also reality shows in general. But with 90 Day Fiance, the barrier of entry is too high. They have to have a foreign love interest who's a real person who they've carried on with for a long time, who they have to have an actual true unique storyline. And I think that's why they can reproduce this magic season after season. And so I just would highly recommend this show. Before the 90 Days is phenomenal. Fresh 90 Days is... 90 days is great. Also a good thing right now, because I am a little paranoid that we're going to run out of TV, mm-hmm. especially because they're not able to like film stuff right now. Totally. So like in six months, we're going to be screwed. So 90 day, there's a ton of content that you can go back and watch like old seasons and stuff like that too, which I feel like is comforting. Are the old seasons so. as good? Oh yeah. Yes. Oh really? Yeah. I'm, uh-huh. not, I'm not current and I will get current. That's a vow I make to you guys, but old seasons are great. Okay, y'all. Should we move into Beverly Hills or should we do Roni first? Let's do Roni first. Yeah, let's do Roni. Real Housewives of New York was one of the better. I feel like this episode goes right. down in history as one of their better. Oh it my was fabulous. ludicrous. I think it was I'll, insane. I'll start with some of my favorite parts. I think Sonia's drunken rant at the winery lunch. I think the, some of the things iconic. she said, iconic, iconic Sonia moment. Not only that, it reminded me of my public speaking final. <laughs> also had the same tone and rambling nature, which I got a, I got a C minus in that class. I also love the dress that Luann was wearing that someone was like, it's that Laura Ashley or Ralph Lauren thing again. Just a floral print wrap dress. Yeah. They are actually so mean to her when she's not wearing club attire. Yes. It's crazy. You know, but do you know who deserved all of the shit? that night and nobody brought it up was Ramona's dress looked like it came out of Paris Hilton's closet circa 2004. A yellow sundress with spaghetti straps like that and it just like a triangle top and like heavy (sighs) side boob and then her necklace that was with it looked like it came from early Kyle Richards interview. It was like it was just not not a night and then she threw a pashmina. The amount of tit these women exhibit is mind-blowing to me. Mind-blowing. I just would feel so exposed if I had any sort of outfit on like that. It would just mm-hmm. make me feel uncomfortable. It's wild. How are we feeling about Leah? I love Leah. I love her. Loving it. Loving everything she's doing. Keep it coming. I loved her commentary about Sonia, how Sonia thought an F-boy was like a good thing. Like, what could be bad about an F-boy? That was so funny. Oh my god. Sonia is old. Sonia is old. (laughs) Sorry, I hate to say it, but she'll okay, but I don't think making an F boy is is a good thing. Is something is it no no she didn't know what it meant. She didn't know like what that term meant. Yeah, 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 for sure. I thought Um, I liked during this iceberg analogy. I feel like I have definitely have people like that in my life who are icebergs. Like mm -hmm. you can really only see the tip of the surf like you can't see anything below the surface with Mm -hmm. them and like everything looks perfect in their lives. And it really does make you feel like you're not close to those people. So I I I really like that analogy. That like round table that they all went in. I thought it was great. Everyone really shared. Starting with Ramona fully, like, m- emotionally manipulating the whole conversation. Like, the way to get close to people is to reveal something about your own life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I will do that. And then they will feel close to me and do the same in turn. It was just it was also, so funny. It felt like such a canned, like, response. It was like, I grew up in a destructive home. Like, it felt like she had already rehearsed the bit. Oh, for sure. Totally. She had that ready to go. Um, yeah, I New York is so good. I think, like, I related to... Tinsley feeling frustrated dating like I thought that was actually 
really cool of her to exhibit that frustration because I just couldn't imagine being like 43 and dating someone with children and being and being like on this very slow timeline that would be Mm -hmm. so incredibly frustrating and I think there are probably a lot of people in that situation so I just thought it was cool that she I don't know that she like showed her cards there because I think a lot of people feel the same way so yeah Yeah. can I would like to ask our listeners about to fact check something if we could mobilize our troops Joe Farrell or whoever owned that maybe it was Bobby Campbell I don't know a lot of name big names were being thrown out during that episode (laughs) Uh-huh. He, he referred to the DJ booth in that house as world-class. I don't know what a world-class DJ booth looks like. I just want to know if someone could fact check this. I don't know if you know this, but I work for an AV company. Like, Can you fact check this? Is this Yeah, true? here's the thing. He didn't show any of the gear in it, so it can't be world-class. Like the fact that it's just like like an open balcony that has spray paint on it does not allude to the quality of it whatsoever also it had the Volcom logo Volcom that was a company that was big like 15 years ago spray painted on it hey I think you can have a lot of uh Volcom at TJ Maxx yeah cool world class yeah that also killed me and he's like it plays everywhere I'm like on shitty in-house speakers (laughs) like what yeah it's like surround sound is groundbreaking technology yeah. Yeah. And also that wicker, that wicker basket of a chair that belonged on a patio that somehow just <laughs> rose you up three feet and then took you down was the, it was so bizarre. The main attraction. Oh. Did any of you guys catch that Dorinda said that the, like, when they were going around the table and saying their most vulnerable things, that Dorinda's most vulnerable thing was needing a partner who had also managed multiple homes? Yes. Like, I thought yeah. that was hilarious. Don doesn't like, get it. He's never lived a life like this. <laughs> He's never managed homes. Like, that was so funny. That was good. And then along with them walking through and her talking about how people do stuff in London. How long did she live in London for? Like, two to five years tops? Go away. And guaranteed. so good. Guaranteed, because honestly, have you ever watched Love Island? Have you ever watched The Ladies of London? Those people are just as showy, just as trashy as any American is. Guaranteed they do home tours there. Absolutely. Guess what? There's upper crust... New England vibes in America and or in the U.S. where they don't do like trashy stuff like that, and there's plenty of places where they do, and vice versa in the U.K. So calling your bluff, yeah, it was so good. I will say, I just want to tee this up and say that Megan, you texted us and said Beverly Hills this week is great, great in all caps, and I and I you know was thrilled at that text. I was so excited to watch. I began the episode and it was just like Kyle packing and I was like, oh no, this actually does not seem like it's going to be good at all. Like this seems pretty boring. Oh my gosh. It really just took getting past that scene. It was phenomenal. So I mean, they made a misstep by starting out a scene with a, the packing trope, which I really hate. Like I don't need to see anyone else pack a suitcase. I also don't need to see a single other agency hat. Oh my gosh. Nope. Kyle wearing a hat from the agency is the worst thing in the world. The only good thing about it was it hid her bangs, which that was a bad move for her to cut bangs. I I also don't believe unpopular opinion. Really? Yeah, I did. I also don't think that the director required her to do that. They were like, hey, this character that you played 40 years ago had bangs. And we just don't think people will catch the storyline if you don't have bangs still. So that didn't make sense. And also, you can clip in bangs. You can get extensions. We live in a marvelous time. Yeah, I don't know if she had to cut them. Yeah. I also want to say, speaking to the director starting with things that weren't great, I feel like Mario is giving 
false expectations to every single woman alive right now. Like, women out there, there is a middle ground between not settling and waiting for hot as hell Mario who's going to, like, dig into the details of your zebra print fashion line mm-hmm. and pretend oh that gosh. you're a fashion designer. I love like, that zebra with the pink. <laughs> with the pink. It's incredible. Like, that person actually doesn't exist. That's a unicorn. I thought that was so hilarious. That fashion line was the most hidden. Not a single piece of that would I wear. Okay, but was the biggest surprise ever that you came away or at least I came away respecting Dorit as a businesswoman and fashion designer despite that Sherlock Holmes straw hat that she was wearing like oh my god she really was like a boss and it was so interesting to watch and it was so clear that Kyle was not involved in her fashion line and she didn't even know how many looks there were it was like the day before and she was like yeah we've got to figure out hair and makeup it was outrageous it seemed like she was seeing the clothes for the first time like the day before yeah that zebra number I choked and when she was like we want to have it in all these stores and places and like boutiques and hotel gift shops I was like there that that's the only market that you have is a hotel gift shop it will never be anywhere else it will just be in a hotel gift shop and honestly I don't care how much sentimental value it gives you having your daughters who are not professional models who models who are not Gigi Hadid and Kendall Jenner walking the runway and having your friends it's not a good look. It's not no, going to lend you any credibility. Oh my gosh. That poor situation of like all of those clothing racks in that tiny little New York apartment, that gave me so much anxiety. Yeah. I like almost had to like skip through. It was like a basement apartment with neon painted walls. And everyone had probably just been slaving away. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then she just came in and was like, no, 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 no. Like freaking out about like her shawls. No. She just like thinks she's Anna Wintour. Yeah. Literally. It's so funny. Yeah. That was shocking. I did love Erica all of a sudden just being like, like talking about the fact that she was a go-go dancer and being like, hey, let's head to Jersey. That was a good, that was nice. I feel like she's given us something. Totally. And calling Tom on the phone. I love getting to hear from Tom on the first episode. Yeah. So good. I, I, I think not, I don't know if, can we move on to the new characters? Because yeah, I think we're going to see some really interesting interactions from very conservative, very Southern, very traditional Sutton and Erica Jane. Like that Sutton, is going to, I love Sutton. Sutton belongs in New York. She belongs 100%. on the New York yeah. Housewives. She is so much more of like a Luann, Sonia, Ramona adjacent character. She got bamboozled at Dolce & Gabbana. That outfit was the what? least flattering thing I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Although her commentary on the other girl's outfit was excellent. Oh, about Teddy. So funny. Like, Teddy's wearing a black romper. Cute. Yeah, I just loved it there. So good. She's fabulous. Like, she is my favorite new housewife, for yeah. sure. I Guys, like Amanda Garcelle. I'm excited yeah. about this these seasons. I'm ready for it. You know what I'm really loving is the whole, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. Lisa and Kyle were on the phone talking about what they were going to do, about showing Denise that was yelling, like, bravo, bravo, effing bravo, because she wanted to stop film. Like, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff, I think, is fascinating. I love that they're finally acknowledging that it's a TV show. Totally. And showing us a little of that stuff, too. I mean... I thought the episode was delightful. I loved I loved every moment except for the packing scene. I was fully on board. I was thinking this is going to be a great season. And then the last four minutes, or yeah, the mm. last two minutes when they do the promo for the rest of the season, I literally had full body chills. It was so good. It was it was it was just beyond amazing. I I cannot wait to see how all this unfolds. Yeah, me neither. It's yeah. 
It's so good. Okay, before we sign off, I just want to discuss Kristen Doty's house tour. Have you seen it? Have I seen it? It was a three and a half minute video that I can never unsee. Okay, I love that I said, have you seen it? Because I actually know that you've seen it. You sent me the link. Um, But... Um, I wasn't going to bring that up, but I like when you introduced it like that, I was like, uh, excuse me? I was like, I'm the one who told you, like, look this up immediately. I'm really leaning into the show host. Wow. Uh, but anyway, so you said to watch it, and you were so rude. You were like, it's the ugliest designs I've ever seen in my life. Like, I thought I was about to walk into a TJ Maxx circa 2003 when we went into her home tour. I think it's so funny because I will just say overall, it's a perfectly nice home and environment. It is not like Vicki Gunvalson's house circa season two of Real Housewives of Orange County, which I thought it was going to be. Okay. Yes. I probably exaggerated my like reaction a little bit. Here are my thoughts. I struggle with celebrities who have plenty of money or at least have more money than I do, but yet my room is cuter when I get all my stuff off Facebook Marketplace, the fact that she had some sort of like architectural like digest type of walkthrough when like there was really nothing that exciting to see. The most exciting thing were the different shades of gray pillows that she had. And she must have said the word texture 40, 40 times easily. Okay, here, here's what I have to say about the overall aesthetic. It's not my vibe. It, you know what vibe it is? It's very much like Target, but not even trying to not be Target. Like it's just that baby pink, that gray, the floor mat when you before you walk in that had cursive lettering that said "Have a great day" or oh what, what it said. Have the best day ever. Matt. Yes. It there's a there's a certain person who is unabashedly embracing of words on coffee mugs and words on t-shirts and words on picture frames Someone and like who runs a clothing company called James May perhaps before I watched the video I lived in a beautiful place where there weren't that many of those people I thought that to be that person you had to be on like the midwest ug wearing 19 year old phase of your life I didn't even realize that there were 36 year old famous women in LA fully embracing that aesthetic the fact that she is actively spending money in 2020 on decor that looks like that is just alarming to me. It's like, that's one thing if those those were your objects from your old house and you're just like bringing them in. But the fact that totally. you, know, you worked with an interior designer to create like basically a house that looks like a standard Airbnb, wild to me. Also, rose gold appliances? Yeah, the rose gold really threw me. I'm all about some copper, but rose gold fixtures are not ever attractive in my, I was, in my book. I was texting with our with our mutual friend Candace, and I was just saying she basically like based her appliances that are going to last for like ten years off of like what she would buy in a Michael Kors watch. Wait, and, oh my gosh, what did Candace say? Um, Candace was laughing at the Gibson guitars, and she was like, "I forgot they're all musicians." Okay, one dog is named Gibson Nicks oh. after Gibson Guitars and Stevie Nicks, and the other dog is named Bowie after David Bowie. I had no idea Kristen Doty was such a groovy chick. Like, I thought her general Laguna Beach boutique aesthetic was the result of generally having kind of poor taste. I didn't realize it was actually an actual nod to an era in America, the 1970s. So that's interesting. I did yeah. learn something from this video. Sure. It's interesting, but I'm also like, yeah, everyone who wears a graphic tee like Stevie Nicks. That's not an interesting opinion to me anymore. Maybe I'm just being harsh. 
probably. Overtly liking any sort of maudlin musician past 25 is just really not a good look. Naming your dogs after it. I'm sorry. I she said. When you're an adult, you get to drink wine during the day. I think when you're an adult, you stop loving Stevie Nicks. Can we also talk about her creative studio for James May? This is a controversial opinion in our sisterhood, but I actually thought that was a cute little room. I'm not going to lie. It was definitely the best room of the house. The fact that she had a creative studio that was essentially just like in the back of the house was like shocking to me. I'm like, oh, do you, re- do you have employees? Like, do you really like use this? Second thing. I didn't realize that her bedroom that she was showing was, I thought that was the guest bedroom. I thought we were going to move into a more impressive master bedroom. (laughs) No, it was actually just her bedroom. And it literally looked like a guest bedroom. So, no taste. Yeah, there's something really disturbing about that. I don't know if all the other cast members, like there's obviously such a discrepancy in, um, in how much they're making. Or Kristen is just the smart one and she bought something she could just fully pay with cash Mm -hmm. for. And the rest are kind of living paycheck to paycheck just bad they have bigger paychecks now I don't know I like that would be my guess that's my theory but I will say it is so depressing like when you look at the outside of her house and I want first I want to say preface this with it's a perfectly nice house perfectly like acceptable a renter probably will be a renter for the next 10 years at least we're both renting we both don't have near that square footage just want to pay my respects and formally say this is a a respectable place to live mm-hmm. that said it's actually super depressing to that you have to basically become a celebrity mm-hmm. to have a small extremely modest home mm-hmm. that in kentucky would cost one hundred and ten thousand yeah. yeah. dollars. like in los angeles mm-hmm. that is so sad you cannot even have a little bit of space in la without basically yeah. becoming enormously successful compared to everyone else yeah yeah it's pretty bleak. Love it. Pretty I love bleak. It. I'm glad I've d- decided to put down roots here. I'm not sure if anyone's noticed, but Megan does not have an opinion on Chrissy Joy's house because she actually had to go. So she's not no longer with us. Uh, Chandler and I are wrapping this up. But I think that I just have to say I'm very much looking forward to next week's reality television. I think that Beverly Hills is going to be everything we need right now. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful for the future. I don't know if you guys will get an, another Vanderpump recap next week. Maybe we'll cover, you know, maybe an Instagram post or something if something comes up. But I don't know if we can continue on with Vanderpump. But we'll see. We'll take it day by day. We'll tell you anything you need to know. Yeah. But totally. right now, it's not a lot. Yeah. All right. Everyone have a great week. Love you. We'll see you next time. Alas. Bye. (laughs) That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at popapologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus's wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? 
Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Catherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of The Therapy Group, and hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout. Making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psychobabble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how. And work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.